You're listening to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, where we explore the real stories of real people who have discovered the profound healing properties of the cannabis plant in their own lives. Find more at CannabisHealsMe.com. Cannabis Heals Me podcast is brought to you by The Grow CFO. For all your cannabis accounting and tax needs, check us out online at www.thegrowcfo.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kennerly, and on today's episode, we are talking to Delene Gilbert. She has used cannabis since shortly after the birth of her son, when she struggled with some postpartum depression and even with the assistance of traditional medication she still hit a very dark place in her life because of that dark place that she hit you may want to take that into consideration if you've got little ears listening today but it's a story of hope and triumph and I hope you enjoy it thanks so much Welcome back, everyone, to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. Today, I am speaking to Delene Gilbert, who is a medical marijuana patient, a an entrepreneur, and a mom and wife. Welcome to the podcast, Delene. Thank you. I'm I'm so happy to be here, Rachel. I I can't tell you how exciting or how excited I am to to have this opportunity. So thank you for having me. Well, it's an exciting time to be, uh, to be alive in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, I- I'm telling you, we, we did it right. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm very, very happy and pleased with how our state has worked with regulating our law and making sure that people gain access to medicinal cannabis the right way. I, I would, I really love your law. I wish all the states would kind of take uh take a a note from the law because it's just I mean and that y'all have gotten it in place so quickly because it just passed in June correct correct and and the dispensaries they're already you know open and everybody's going and blowing and I wish all the uh all the states would take a key from it because you know you got folks in Louisiana and Arkansas that are still waiting years down the road yeah it's it's sad to to see that states are willing to sit and watch their people suffer while other states are gaining access to something that promotes healing internally it's it's just a sad thing to watch really and i can't believe that oklahoma was one of the states to jump on board i think that shocked a lot of people because oklahoma is considered a pretty conservative state so the fact that it passed by the margin that it did really surprised a lot of folks yeah, uh, and I think a lot of Oklahomans are pretty shocked themselves. Uh, they didn't see that coming. So I, I am glad that people showed up to the polls. It's one of the most historic, historical poll attendance in Oklahoma wow. history, really. Wow, that's incredible. Well, yeah. kind of the purpose of our podcast is to share the story of people who have used medical marijuana to address health conditions of their own. And you told me that you have a condition that you've addressed with cannabis. And I'd love to hear about it and share your story with our listeners today. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is my first time I've ever shared my my introduction to cannabis. So um, it starts out with my husband. Mm -hmm. So uh, obviously, Chance Gilbert, he... um, 
he's, you know, been medicating for several years now. And whenever we first got together, um, I had no issues with it. I, you know, I wasn't anti-marijuana. I wasn't super strict whenever it came to him medicating. But um, up until we, uh, or I became pregnant, you know, I had never entertained that idea. I just never, you know, saw the need of medicating. I obviously was not educated either mm-hmm. on what cannabis could do for you. So, and my son is now two and a half years old. So I'm still, I guess I would consider myself still pretty new to um, the plant in general. But um, now I'm starting to realize how healing it can be for, for a variety of issues. So once I had my child, I, I did not, I didn't medicate throughout my entire pregnancy. Um, although I, I don't hold anything against uh, women that medicate during pregnancy, because, you know, hopefully if God blesses our family, my next pregnancy, I actually intend on, um, utilizing THC to properly feed my fetus because I realize that my baby will have an endocannabinoid system and I want to properly feed him. So in saying that, um, so through my pregnancy, I did not medicate my first pregnancy mm-hmm. and, you know, after I had my child, I went through a very dark time. Um, you know, postpartum depression is very real. Right. And um, I certainly struggled. Uh, I, I, I can't lie with that. So the first probably four months postpartum, I was in a very different place in my life where I had, I had never been before. Yeah. I'm a pretty easygoing, happy person. Yeah. Uh, and I was completely different. I think my husband at one point stated that, you know, I never came home after, after the birth of my son. It it was like I physically, but mentally I wasn't, I wasn't myself. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was pretty heartbreaking to hear and Mm -hmm. harsh to hear, but respect my husband and being honest, he always has an honest way. So, uh, he, you know, he, after mentioning that I, I did some research and, uh, I did a lot of things before you know, we, we entertain the idea of medical cannabis and it was kind of my, my own way of thinking. And the standard, I think American way of thinking is, you know, a psychologist, a therapist, something along those lines. Let's go ahead and just try to not intervene medicinally just yet. Let's see if we can figure this out and figure out how I can train my mind to think differently. So I entertained that idea. I went to a therapist for a couple months and nothing if anything, um, they were trying to, um, force antidepressants into my life and I did entertain that idea, unfortunately. And that really, um, actually severely worsened the problem to the point where, um, you know, there, and I'm being completely vulnerable at this point. Yeah. Um, So my husband had found me in our closet it was the darkest place I've ever been in my life. Wow. <clears throat> so after that point and, you know, crazy enough, my husband still loved me so much. He wanted to help me. And right. Even seeing me at that point. So I know that the relationship we have is real and right. going forward, the relationship I have with my son, I obviously have prioritized our family and have found a much better place because of medical cannabis. Right. So, my my testimony is very much mentally right 
the mental healing that this plant has provided for me. Yes. So it was after that time that I obviously, you know, completely separated myself from taking any medicine as far as, you know, the prescribed antidepressant. Right. And started, um, you know, my husband started me with some pretty high uh, concentrated sativa strains Mm -hmm. that really helped promote um, mental health. And well, for our, since for, then, I really haven't turned back. Um, yeah. It was that time that I completely realized there's a need. There's right. a, this is a very life-changing medicine that is completely natural. Right. That has no side effects whatsoever whenever, other, I mean, other than the typical paranoia, you know, but this isn't going to be something that will endanger my life, mm-hmm. endanger my life endanger my family right so ever since I've been absolutely passionate about everything that this plant is equipped with and will completely wholeheartedly support it going forward and um, for anybody that hears my story and can testify to that I think any mom Mm -hmm. that knows and goes through this postpartum depression this thing called motherhood right really can completely relate. And I mean, whether they got to the point that I did with my severe depression and antidepressants, just making it completely down spiral, you know, I want to be a voice for all moms that go through that. And they, I would really love to be a voice for them and knowing that they're not alone. Right. Um, So I'm actually trying with the women's association that I lead. I I really want to promote that. Yeah. Um, in addition to, you know, obviously supporting the entrepreneurial side. Yeah, exactly. But share a bond with being able to be mothers mm-hmm. and for those that aren't able to be, you know, in, in a place to conceive a child. We all have the ability to be a mother of something in our lives. Um, and, you know, fortunately, that's our choice, um, whether we want to entertain that idea or not. But really coming together and being a voice for the women is something I'm also passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many women that struggle with postpartum and, and I think they, they feel like, you know, I'm a mom, this should be the happiest time in my life. And they feel guilty for not, you know, and then they feel like they can't, they can't share with anybody because it will make them less of a mom if they talk about it. Exactly. And getting to the point where I did, you know, putting my own life in jeopardy. That's another thing that I feel is something that really, you know, you don't share with a lot of people because they start to question your ability to be a good parent. And, you know, that also was heartbreaking because I'm more than capable. I I, I mean, obviously it is the best role that my life in my life, that's my favorite job in the world. Yeah. Being the mother of my son and our future children Mm -hmm. that will always be, one of my biggest accomplishments in life. Well, he's, he's a beautiful boy. I've seen pictures of him. He's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. A healthy little boy that loves his mama and loves his daddy. It's, it's just the best thing that has ever happened to us. Absolutely. Well, so at the time that you reached your lowest point, you, you were just going the traditional medication route and you are actually had been prescribed uh, medication for your depression. Is that correct? Yes. So how long had yeah. you been on the medication before you kind of hit this point? So I was on the medication for probably two and a half weeks. It didn't take long for it to really 
change. Right. Because really, like, you know, right. when, you, when you hear all the side effects that they rattle off at the end of the commercials, you know, suicide is actually one of the one of the side effects, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Wow. And it, it's and it, it was definitely. Um, it definitely just had a complete turnaround. I mean, I was already going down a pretty dark path. Yeah. And the thing wasn't working, but the antidepressant just. I mean, was a complete 360 and I was at a point where I just, I couldn't think for myself. I, I was selfish enough and to say suicide is selfish is, is not something I I would completely agree with. Right. But in my own thinking and my own thought process, um, I was definitely consumed by my own thoughts and, um, I, I just felt completely worthless. Right. And I, I completely believe that that was something that the depression medication took me on a path to. Right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, that's just <clears throat> heartbreaking to hear. And I, I, I imagine your husband was terrified. Oh yeah. I, I mean, there, there, we, I mean, obviously it didn't just put a strain on me mentally and right. my overall health, but our family, my marriage, mm-hmm. my relationships with my closest, nearest and dearest friends yeah. and family. I mean, obviously, this was something I needed to be transparent with and mm-hmm. and completely accept is I did get to that point. Yeah. And because of that, I am a much better person. I, I accepted where I was. I accepted the person I was at that point. And now I've accepted this new self that um, I feel like I've kind of transformed into. And right. I'm, I feel so much better. And I'm, I'm just a completely different person now. Yeah. Well, that's just... Wow. I, I, you know, I wasn't really expecting to hear that today, honestly, you know, um, you know, most of the people I've talked to, it's been a a physical ailment, but, and, but mental ailments are, are real. And I I appreciate you, you know, telling your story. And I I think it's going to help a lot of people because it's, people are afraid to talk about any mental health issues because there's also a stigma around that as well. Yes. And I mean, I think now more than ever, actually, mm-hmm. uh, I completely agree with that. And I mean, up until this point, I, I haven't, I mean, I don't feel like I've been 100% comfortable sharing that story because of the what feedback I would possibly receive. But right. I definitely feel like it's a story that needs to be shared. I don't think I, I'm the only person to go through that. So no, I, my, um, yeah, one of my sister's-in-law, she I think she struggled with that for quite some time after her daughter was born. So I, I think it's an important story to, to talk about. And I think it's important for people to know there's there are options other than just traditional medication. Absolutely. Yes. And getting and getting the the knowledge out there, the education out there that right. you have to. You, you don't have to be forced to smoke anything. You can mm-hmm. it. you can. You can apply it. You can you can do different routes instead of just in you know smoking. So that stigma needs to be broken as well. Whether right. people are, it doesn't matter how you medicate, but as long as you're feeding your endocannabinoid system, mm-hmm. your body responds to that. Yeah. So, well, it sounds like yours has responded very well. How? Yes. How long would you Absolutely. say? I mean, when you kind of got <laughs> off the when you kind of got off the traditional medication and, and started consuming cannabis instead instead. How long would you say it took for you to kind of feel back to your normal self before the birth of your son? Oh, it was, it was, 
I mean, just a matter of days, honestly. Wow. Um, but, you know, it, it was immediate. Uh, the second, you know, my husband found me, it, mm-hmm. it was get after then that yeah. we started implementing that, that right. Yeah. And then um, days after once, you know, the, the tension had settled mm-hmm. or, or we've accepted what had happened. Um, it were, it was just a matter of days before I could really, re- you know, start to really reap the benefits of the plant. As right. a whole. Well, did, I know that you had said that you had been in counseling. Did you continue to go to counseling after the incident and, and how accepting was your counselor of your new way of medicating? Uh, well, I, I did not entertain that idea. Yeah. Um, because the, it was that, and I don't want to place blame on the therapist or right. place blame on anybody, really, because, I mean, really, there's just a lack of education. Right. So I did not go back to the therapist mm-hmm. after that happening. Um, I really, at the, looking back, I wish I would have just to mm-hmm. kind of see what how they would have reacted right. uh, with my newfound um, knowledge of this, of this new medicine that I was taking. Right. The cannabis. But... I, I just, you know, my husband didn't think it would be a good idea to rehash the, what had happened. Yeah. So, um, but looking back, I wish I would have done that. Well, I guess you kind of have to be careful too, because as a, as a parent, you know, if somebody finds out that you're using something that's not legal as far as the state or the feds are concerned, you know, some, some professions have a requirement to call, you know, child protective services too oh yeah and i mean that's another that's a whole other issue is if somebody were to find out i was medicating with cannabis mm-hmm. it would have taken my child whenever right. gone through so much to get it get to a better place right it's, i would have been devastated and probably been right back where i was in a very dark place right because i i wasn't liberated to the point where i could i could consume this plant and reap the benefits and I mean have my son taken away that that doesn't seem fair either well that to me is the underlying premise of you know drugs I mean it's it's about personal liberty in my opinion you know people should be able to to put in their body what they want to put in their body and not have to worry about somebody taking their kids away over it unless they're not able to care for them Exactly. And I mean, again, I, I, I just contribute all of that to a lack of education and right. people not realizing that if THC is found in your blood, then that should be a sign of health, not a sign of criminal activity. <laughs> yeah. Was well, there a particular strain that you use for, uh, for your, for your well being, or is there, you know, how does that, how do you, typically medicate so xj13 was what uh we started with Mm -hmm. uh the strain and you know obviously i've I've implemented several strains since but i know that xj13 was the one that um really helped at first and was really what my what my husband had hand Uh, (laughs) right so um but medicating with XJ13 and then kind of doing my own exploration as far as what strains work for me, mm-hmm. that's that's where things started is yeah. with that strain. So, yeah. And I mean, what was funny is I I had I had never smoked. I 
I, you know, I, I don't even drink very right. much very often. Um, I just don't like the way it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I would like to say I'm a pretty healthy person. Right. Guys on a daily basis. I do quote unquote, what people would deem as, you know, I'm just a healthy individual. I, I do 30 to 60 minutes of exercise. I, I eat my veggies. I drink my water. You know, I do everything right by the books. But still, something's something's missing, and and it's obviously not knowing how to feed my endocannabinoid system. So, so were you kind of, you know, with Chance's background, were, did you have a lot of, were you very aware of the endocannabinoid system, or is this something that you've kind of learned after after the fact? It's something I learned after the fact. Um, and what's funny is I come from a health background. I was in nursing school whenever I was pregnant. I oh goodness. Had, acceptance into nurse practitioner school yeah um at oklahoma city uh university Mm -hmm. and i had no idea no idea whatsoever so let me ask you this um i know you're doing the interviewing but does it not (laughs) be fair to to question some of these medical providers they are they're prescribing medications and they're not 100 educated on on our bodies because there's a whole other system that we are not trained on mm-hmm. so in some countries that would be deemed as malpractice because they're not testing a system that may or may not be known as our master regulatory system it touches every cell in our body yeah yeah so i mean that, it's not something that's taught in any program i can't imagine in america since cannabis is illegal exactly exactly so so I'm assuming that you didn't uh, pursue a uh, a career in traditional medication after kind of your experience. That yeah, I I did not, and because of my pregnancy, I was unable to finish nursing school. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was a blessing. Obviously, you know, my son will always be the biggest and greatest blessing ever. Oh, absolutely. But that happening at the time that it did, mm-hmm. almost. I mean it was God felt really so that I wouldn't have been almost brainwashed to be prescribing under the, you know, direction of the physician. Right. And wouldn't be contributing to the opiate crisis in Oklahoma. Well, speaking of that, is that, I mean, is that something, I mean, I know it's kind of a nationwide problem, but I didn't know how, you know, how bad it was in Oklahoma. Is there, Oh, we were, we're in the top five of the worst. um, You're kidding me. No. Wow. It's terrible. I would, I would not have guessed that, you know, that's crazy. I'm curious because I know that a lot of the other states where this has been legalized, they've actually seen a decrease in opioid addiction. So I'm I'm curious to see, you know, six, 12 months down the road after we get product in the, in the stores, you know, what the downward trend is in Oklahoma. I think that'll be fascinating to see. Oh, it'll be huge. It'll be off the maps, off the charts, mm-hmm. how how much it will completely help people that. And we, I mean, at our business today, we had somebody looking to, before they, they even fill their opiate prescription, they wanted to come here and try us first for filling their prescription mm-hmm. prescribed by their doctor. Oh, that's interesting. So are that's we great. Be, are we trying to fit, you know, the, or trying to substitute ourselves in the place of a physician? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. We are not doctors. But for somebody to entertain that idea before 
you know, putting in opiates into their bodies. Mm-hmm. How amazing and how awesome. I, I just, that's an awesome mindset to have. Good for them. I'm Absolutely. Excited. To be open to that and not just say, okay, I'm going to take this. Um, yeah, that's incredible. Well, tell me a little bit about Oklahoma Roots. Okay, so we, uh, my husband came up with the name. He, mm-hmm. He's pretty savvy that way. Yeah, it's a great name. He's pretty with. Thank you. Thank you. And so um, as soon as we saw Mary Fallon pushed up the date for the vote on on state question 788, mm-hmm. my husband went to work on getting the whole business plan put into place. Good for him. So, I mean, I can't tell you how, how, I mean, I remember the day pretty clearly whenever that news came and he was just, I mean, all the feelings, excitement, nervous, yeah. anxious, you know, it, it just, it was an amazing day to see my husband so excited because mm-hmm. obviously he's been uh, medicating for several years, uh, way more than I have. Right. So, um, he has the business mind. He was actually in pharmaceutical. Uh, he was a pharmaceutical rep. You're kidding for... me. No, it's not funny. That is <laughs> hilarious. So he swapped one medicine, the traditional medicine for another type of medicine. Right. That's and awesome. Yes. And so he, he actually um, probably for, you know, four or five months, he, he felt so unethical mm-hmm. um, about what he was doing because he, he was in the, pain management he was in oh wow diabetic medications weight loss medications he had prescribed a variety of different medications Mm. or i'm sorry he didn't prescribe he he um sold pharmaceuticals to these to these practices and you know i just remember a day him coming home and i mean this, this happened quite often that he just didn't he didn't like what he did yeah he felt unethical about it and because he knew I mean obviously he had been medicating you know for you know several years like I said mm-hmm. and he knows what that can do for you mm-hmm. <laughs> so in between in between these pharmaceutical rep jobs obviously he can't he gets drug tested for all these things so mm-hmm. he can medicate and he's a, he was a completely different person then whenever he wasn't medicating because wow. he just he didn't have the cannabis in his bloodstream. Mm-hmm. So he was very uptight, kind of, you know, easy, easily agitated. Yeah. Things along those lines. So, you know, I didn't, it wasn't a fun experience for any of us whenever mm-hmm. he could medicate either. So it, I'm, I'm very happy and relieved. And this business venture as stressful and crazy and, you know, we're kind of under a magnifying glass right now. Right. It's all completely yeah. worth it. You know, just to be able to provide this medicine for some of those people that either can relate to our specific problems Mm -hmm. or have much more severe problems that we're able to, you know, provide relief. Now, how does it work? Because obviously cannabis is not FDA approved. So, you know, when somebody comes in and comes into the dispensary and and I know y'all don't have a lot of product right now. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you have to give them this long spiel before you make any suggestions? You know, when they ask, well, here's my condition. What what do you recommend? What you know, how do y'all broach that to kind of keep yourselves, you know, I guess, keep keep your liability exposure down? Well, a lot of, you know, with again, we're, we're still pretty limited on products. So yeah. um, being in this butt tending position that I'm in, mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is completely brand new to me. So 
with my experience for the past two weeks that we've been open, mm-hmm. it really has been, they know what strain they need. They've been okay. medicating for several years, okay. under, you know, or behind the scenes, but they, they come in kind of knowing. So they'll, they'll tell us a little bit about what they're experiencing. Yeah. And they say, I know a really good sativa strain. So just from there, whether we're recommending a good strain with, you know, whether it's sativa dominant or indica dominant, we're Mm -hmm. able to help them or, you know, they can also access our, our menu. Uh, we're on, we're, I'm sorry, we're located on weed maps. Okay. Go online. And with meat weed maps, it kind of gives them a breakdown of the menu, what our concentrations are, range, you know, things along those lines. Well, that's great. So they can kind of, they can kind of check out what you got before they drive all the way over. Exactly. And we've had people all over the state come and visit us from Tulsa, uh, Hollis, Oklahoma, um, kind of, let's see, there's Colgate, Mm -hmm. I mean, crazy places that, I mean, probably a good, the furthest drive was probably five and a half, six hour drive. Wow. now, yeah. were they from Oklahoma or were they coming in from yeah, another they're, state? Yeah, from Oklahoma. We haven't okay. had anybody yet. Now, <laughs> Oklahoma built reciprocity into their law, if I'm understanding correctly. Is that right? I'm sorry. What, what was that question? Can you repeat it? Yeah. Uh, Oak, did, didn't Oklahoma build reciprocity into their law so that people with medical marijuana cards in other states can still buy in Oklahoma? No. No. Uh, out-of-state licenses aren't... Um, they can get temporary medical licenses um, okay. in Oklahoma so that we can honor their purchase. Okay. But that, that's how they have to go about that process. We can't gotcha. honor any out-of-state medical license. They have to apply for Okay. Medical. All right. Yeah, I was thinking that maybe they could be licensed in Arkansas and come over and get it from Louisa, or from Oklahoma. Right. And, of course, the way that our law is set up, it, they, they would be able to get a temporary license pretty easily considering. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Considering we don't have any prescribing conditions. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, that is good to know. I've I've wondered kind of, because I I really like the way y'all have the law set up, and I wish they would follow that here in Texas. Yeah, it's it's probably one of the most recreational medical laws. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it is, actually, in the United States. Right. So. Speaking of recreational, did they get that on the ballot for the fall? I know they were trying to. They were trying. They did not get it on the ballot. Um, I I really think because of the uh, kind of hmm, the setback that the legislators experienced in trying to regulate this law, that it would have been, it's a good, I hate to say that because I obviously stand behind anybody that wants to medicate with mm-hmm. cancer. But because of the kind of new, com- completely new industry that we were introducing, right, it's easier to do it this way with medical cannabis first, mm-hmm. just so Oklahoma could get an understanding and have time to educate themselves, right, prior to having recreational, and then they them completely start uh, starting to judge and and you know enforce that stigma that we're trying to break you know, medicating openly and recreationally. Well, and they, they're still trying to kind of get the laws in place for medical, let alone having to test both. Yes. So I I think that it's a good thing just because, you know, it was such a, a hard, 
a hard time trying to trying to regulate it properly mm-hmm. and, and doing it the right way because we all know the the Oklahoma Department of Health really wanted to enforce some some uh, regulations that were really overstepping because of how the law had been passed and voted on. Their their stipulations that they were trying to enforce did not did not represent the voice of the fifty seven percent that voted yes. So yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> we definitely wanted to ensure we did it properly and they're working really hard and we're really pleased with how some of the legislators have stepped up and and really wanted to vocalize the people that have really been advocating for the past four years to get this voted on and implemented well that's great i'm glad the legislators are finally coming around yes we we are too and uh, for our next octa event that my uh, husband is the president of mm-hmm. he uh we have um some legislators that will be speaking at that so we can um make sure that some people that may have missed some of the legislative meetings can get updates on so, oh that's perfect that's yeah. great yeah. well tell me a little bit about the octa and then also oklahoma women's can yeah so the oklahoma cannabis trade association formed in july women can association so with that being said, we formed to provide a network, a business network for people mm-hmm. that are either trying to get a business up and running or trying to educate themselves on what cannabis can do or are just trying to, you know, help their business grow if they're already in the cannabis industry because we already had the CBD stores that were looking into getting a dispensary or are just wanting to say CBD, which there's nothing wrong with that. But we still wanted to form some sort of organization that really reflected a network for everybody mm-hmm. to gain access to and help, you know, answer questions or, you know, provide people with structure as far as legislative concerns were. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we did. And we've been very successful. Now we have about 250 plus members now in our That's great. It, it's it's amazing and I hear all the time you know businesses stating that if it weren't for our trade you know they would have made the connections your business pray and it, it's just so great to hear that because of the form the formation of the Oklahoma Cannabis Trade Association people are, are really able to you know take advantage of every all of our services that we were able to offer everybody so it's been a great thing and then our women's association formed to kind of be the philanthropic side yeah, and do and really give back to the community. Mm-hmm. So we started out uh, originally by we wanted to be a voice for the women. So surprisingly enough, um, probably not so much in Oklahoma yet, but women are very dominant in the cannabis industry uh, really? nationwide. Yeah, and and it's awesome to see all these women coming together that are so educated and I have so much to learn. And it's just been really great hearing from a lot of women that have started their own business that are very, they provide that nurturing environment. So obviously, you know, some women just have that ability to be those nurturous, you know, Mm -hmm. giving and they, they can really develop a relationship with people and, and, and the plant. Um, Whenever we offer those, those, Oh, I can't remember where I was going with that, but um, with with the women's association, really uniting 
mm-hmm. our voice and, and promoting that, that kind of environment has been a really awesome experience. Yeah, that's, that's surprising to hear that there's so many women involved in cannabis, you know, because I think for the most part, most women are, you know, ten, or I don't know, I guess I'm being sexist by saying this. It seems like most women tend to be rule followers. Yes. You know, and, and cannabis is not, you know, not a traditional, <laughs> traditional type of medication. Right. It, it isn't. And, and for, um, there's a, there's a woman that I, that comes to mind whenever I think of this and, uh, her name is Jane West and she just has taken the entrepreneurial side of cannabis mm-hmm. and this has completely just gone with it. She has done amazing things. She has her own line. She, she visits all dispensaries all over the United States. Um, obviously in the States that have legalized cannabis. So, I mean, just seeing all the women that she visits, she, um, women grow is another organization that I think she heads actually. Okay. But, um, these are all good places to kind of see how much women are actually engaged in mm-hmm. the cannabis community. And so forming one that's exclusive to Oklahoma, just because, you know, I, I think that there's a need for an exclusive Oklahoma women organization, um, especially that are involved in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to provide that has been great because Oklahoma has done something really special with our law. So right. Representing that as well is something that I prioritize and feel is of utmost importance to to really iterate in everything that we've done. Right. Well, do you ever sleep at night? Because <laughs> y'all have, you know, you have the you have your son, you have your husband, you have the grow, you have the dispensary, you have the OCTA, the women's can. I'm, I'm telling you, we are, uh, it's the best time of our lives, but the most, I've, the busiest we've ever been. And I bet, and I bet. We, I mean, there are times where we're so stressed and, you know, we want to make sure that all of our products are the best that we can give our people, mm-hmm. our patients. And I mean, with the organization, we, we, I mean, being the head of that, answering emails, answering questions, really trying to give people, you know, valid information as far as what their business entails and what they're trying to do and connecting them. And, you know, also, you know, being parents, being humans is, yeah. is a priority too. So um, my husband and I, we, we have a really good relationship. We're really good at keeping each other, you know, on task. And I mean, if it weren't for that, it would be really hard to, to kind of stay up with the demand that we've signed ourselves up willingly for. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, it's nice, you know, when you're kind of, when you're kind of doing something together and you have a common purpose and a common goal, that makes it, I mean, even when it's stressful, it's nice because you're kind of on the same page. Oh, absolutely. And, and knowing that, you know, even with our son, I want him to be properly educated and, mm-hmm. and know that, you know, it's okay for people to, to do something different. And it, it's not any of our places to judge mm-hmm. whether they choose to medicate or not. But sure. even if I were to not medicate, I would absolutely see the importance, importance of medicating. So, you know, I also appreciate those that, you know, are in support, but choose not to medicate. They do see what medical benefits it provides. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully going forward, you know, 
maybe because children, they, everybody has an endocannabinoid system. Every Mm -hmm. human on this planet has an endocannabinoid system, children, babies, you know, a lot of people for some reason separate children and adults, but Mm -hmm. in the THC world, in, in the medical cannabis world, it is absolutely important. So once we figure out a way to balance out the, the concentrations uh, for children, I think it's going to be really important that we, we, we learn how to educate them on mm-hmm. their endocannabinoid system. And that through, through hopefully either through the women's association or something, I feel like women coming together and promoting that aspect and educating children Mm-hmm. educating families that have mm-hmm. children, you know, that that's going to be something that I want to take on completely because there, there's a need. Everybody needs to learn that there's a system that we are completely negle- neglecting that yeah. is causing so much disease and de- debilitating and life-threatening diseases because right. we're not trained on how to feed it. So really educating um anywhere from from mamas trying to conceive or mm-hmm. you know new new mothers that have no idea about their endocannabinoid system and how they you know I, I want to be the front of that research so that we know how to feed the, how to feed babies how to feed children how to you know how to really make it balanced to where their their bodies can absorb it and not have to worry about the the THC content or the psychoactive mm-hmm you know, the effects of it. So hopefully going forward, we can really zone in on that research and make sure that we are able to educate on a level that is, you know, cordial to, to families and, you know, expecting mothers. Well, that sounds incredible. Um, Speaking of education, how accepting was your family when you kind of told them about what, what your choice in medication was? Uh, I'm this. So I listened to your first podcast and mm-hmm. I, I heard you say that there were some some things that you held with your religion mm-hmm. uh, and you're you're a little embarrassed of and I completely completely can relate to that I grew up with my uh, mom and dad at Westview Boys Home in Hollis Oklahoma so we had yeah. 15 to 20 boys in our in our home at one time. Oh wow um so it was basically my, my mom and dad were house parents and mm-hmm. we went to the church of Christ, which is a pretty mm-hmm. conservative church in, a, yeah. in the Bible belt, <laughs> uh, growing up, no, saying no to drugs, you know, mm-hmm. I, I never thought otherwise that I always thought that, that was the way to go. That's just what you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I never questioned it, which was negligent on my behalf but I I should have at some point especially you know my later teenage years Mm -hmm. but I I just never entertained that idea drugs are drugs I say no to them so um and that was something that I would have deemed as a sin uh because you know that's that's how I was raised and that's how the church Mm -hmm. taught so in in knowing that I I didn't judge people because I mean I I wasn't very judgmental uh, as far as, you know, if people were medicating or, or doing anything along those lines. I mean, my brother went down a really dark path with drugs. So um, I was kind of exposed to that really early in my life. And I just didn't think anything of it. I, I really just prioritized my, my own schooling. And mm-hmm. man, I feel like I was just brainwashed almost. I was just a 
while yeah. going through life. I just said no to drugs and that was all there was to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, my family has actually been very open to it. My, my really? mom, not so much. She's still, but she's learning. So she's yeah. willing to, you know, entertain conversations and allow me to talk about it with her. Sometimes it makes mm-hmm. her a little uncomfortable, but, um, my dad, yeah. Uh, actually had had an addiction issue a long time ago and it was whenever he had kids that he got rid of that addiction Mm -hmm. that was his his cure for all of that but Mm -hmm. he now he wished he would have introduced medical marijuana to my brother considering the path he went down with with, I mean methamphetamine and just very um pretty you know bad drugs so right just a it's it's nice to know that they openly accept our our newfound industry and profession. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's kind of been how my parents have responded. So it, it's it's really great that they're that. So did it. did you have to gear yourself up for that conversation? I did. I did. <laughs> because I mean, but I really don't think that they would have said anything anyways. I I also did the bad sin of having a child out of wedlock and. You time I thought that was a huge sin that I had to answer for right so uh, that gives you a little insight as far as what my religion I feel like really implemented uh, for importance and I still feel it's important to right well I agree yeah. I, I think it's I think it's better for the kids to have a stable home environment exactly exactly and I mean looking back I mean there, there's just nothing I can change about it and I mean mm-hmm. it just turned out to be the greatest blessing ever but for some it may not be and mm-hmm. and I mean that that's just kind of the religion background for for knowing that having a child out of wedlock now we're in the medical marijuana industry. I really put my parents <laughs> through it considering my upbringing, you know. No, I understand completely. I yeah, I understand completely. Yes. So some so. of the things that, you know, I thought were the the most important thing in life as far as my religion is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um I'm slightly embarrassed about, but I still, I mean, I have a very, you know, I believe in God. I am mm-hmm. thankful to God every day for everything that he's blessed my life with. And I, I would never be ashamed of claiming my faith. I, I still, I mean, am an absolute advocate for Christianity. Well, those are hard conversations to have with, with, with your parents. Cause you still, I mean, they're still your parents and you still want them to approve of your choices in life. Oh yeah, exactly. Not that it's going to necessarily change what you're doing, but it's always, you know, you always seek out that approval. So I, I know those are hard conversations to have if you already, especially if you know what they're, what they're going to say. Oh yeah. And, and it's great to have their support for sure. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. That's, that, that's wonderful that they're open to learning and, and, you know, kind of seeing past everything that they've been pretty well brainwashed to yes to think about this plant yes yes and that's the only thing that comes to mind whenever I think of why haven't we researched this we were brainwashed. Mm-hmm. we've been brainwashed for years I want to give you an opportunity to kind of plug all your social media websites whatever if you want to go ahead and rattle those off and then I'll put them in the show notes when we when I publish the episode we'll put those in the show notes page as well sure so, so you can, my our dispensary I'm sorry my husband and my dispensary is the website is www.ok-roots.com yeah our Oklahoma roots phone number is 
1017. You can, uh, Oklahoma Women Can is on Facebook. You can just search for that page, Oklahoma Women Can Association. And we have, and it's can with two, two ends, right? Yes, ma'am. Two ends. And it's the same way on our website. So, okay, women can, that's dot com. And our, even the Oklahoma Cannabis Trade is okcannabistrade.com. Well, I'll make sure we get all those websites listed in the show notes page. So that way folks can go check those out. And I really appreciate you sharing the story and, and being vulnerable with us. I, I think it's important for people to hear that they're not alone in that struggle. And I, I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing that with us. I think the Oklahoma uh, Cannabis Trade and Association, those those are great events. And y'all do a good job putting people in contact with other people in, in the industry. So I, I, I think it's a wonderful thing y'all are doing there. Well, thank you so much. We, we really enjoy you know, putting businesses together and allowing them to grow. That, yeah. that That's our mission through the trade. So we're so happy to do that. Yeah, I got a call from, I got, or an email. No, I got an email from somebody the other day or a call. And I, I told them, look, y'all need to really join the, I've told several people, y'all really need to join the OCTA. <laughs> I said, they do, you know, they do a great job putting dispensaries in touch with grows and processors in charge in touch with grows. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's an, a wonderful networking opportunity. So I've, I've, I've mentioned the organization to several people because I think what y'all are doing is great. Well, thank and the, you. So and the much. events, the events are really nice. The education part and then the networking part, you know, it's like an extra bonus on top. So. Well, thank you. We, I can't tell you how much that means to me. I, yeah. I we appreciate that. That's our goal. So I'm happy yeah. to hear that. We're well, that. well, I think y'all are nailing it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've been very pleased with the with the work that y'all are doing. I'm I'm recommending you to everybody that I talk to. So <laughs> awesome. Well, we're happy to help. So that's great to hear. We'll get them in touch. That's perfect. Well, Delene, thank you so much for your time today, and I'm I'm really looking forward to meeting you next week and getting to to visit face to face. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. I Thanks, Delene. Have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. That's a wrap for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Delene Gilbert. And if you are struggling with postpartum depression or depression of any kind, I strongly encourage you to talk to somebody and tell them what you're struggling with because there are people who love you and who want to help you and would go to the ends of the earth to help you. So you don't have to fight this battle alone. If you want to reach out to us, we'll be happy to put you in contact with somebody that can help. Thanks everyone for listening and have a great day. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode of the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. Also be sure to check out our website at www.cannabishealsme.com.